I haven't been home for a while. I guess I was home for a few hours uh, last week a little bit. I was out adventuring, saving the world, advancing my career, getting major wins for Team Nick. And now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down, bitch! I was hoping that was the cheer button. See, I don't even know what these buttons are. Let me... So this is the fart one. Oh, the breaking news. I can do some breaking news. Yeah, I'm going to do some breaking news. Today is a big fucking day. But first, I haven't talked about my tea. I, I've been wandering. Wandering. I've been rambling in the past on Burtcasts gone by in the past about tea. Because seems like every motherfucker out there who's got more than five followers is shilling coffee. From corn coffee to that other guy's coffee, coffeebrandcoffee.com. There's just, it's, everywhere is fucking coffee. And I thought, well, shit, what about some tea? So I got some poo air tea. Uh, it's got poo in the name. And I like it a lot. It's uh, fermented old-ass tea cakes. And I bought one, and I found that I can just repackage it and resell it as my tea. So let me know if you want to buy some some Burtcast tea. I think it's almost time to change the podcast name. As much fun as Burtcast has been, I... Uh, might be time to actually settle in on on something that makes sense. Uh, I'll talk about Darrell Brooks today. Uh, something, what my my favorite quote of his. He's the he's the uh, absolute horror of a person who who drove his car through a parade about a year ago, a uh, a Christmas parade. Uh, today was sentencing. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to do some breaking news. <sighs> uh, yes, now I remember what the fuck I, I was going to say. He, he, one of the things he said is, uh, I accept for value in exchange for value. Uh, these documents or what, whatever it is that someone would offer to him. And in his fucked up, stupid brain... Uh, I think he thinks that means something like, uh, you know how, like, if you make a promise, but you're lying, you, like, cross your fingers behind your back, or, you know, there's, there's some, like, a trick that you do so that you can say one thing, but then when someone says, hey, you said one thing, it's like, no, I had, I had my fingers crossed behind my back, I can't be held to that, I think, I think he thinks that's what that means, so. If someone gives him a document, he's letting them know. I'm going to I'm going to take a look at this document. But if I don't like what I see here, it uh I'm the king of the universe and I let you know I let you know when you handed me the document that I might not like it. So, that's what he would say. So, I'm trying to figure out I'm either going to write a book called uh hold on, I want to make sure the quote's right. I I wrote it down cuz 
You don't want to fuck with genius like that. I got it right here in my handy notes app. On my phone. In, inside my phone. I accept for value and return for value. I know that's a lot of words, but that might be the, the best podcast, because then I could let people know that I'll let you on my podcast, but if I don't like what you have to say, then I can fuck you in the ass. Yes. This sounds great. That's a whole new era is being born right now. All right. So let's see. What did I do last week? I got today is Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I know it was a work day. I know I did some work. Hi, honestly, that this is... This is pretty outstanding that I didn't even know what day it is. I had to look, and I was wrong. Sweet. Okay, so it's Wednesday. I I got on an airplane on Sunday. Uh, I guess that would be, what, 10 days ago? And I flew to Pennsylvania. I spent last Monday at Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And got, got to stand on the battlefields, got to see firsthand um, the shit. I was expecting it to be cold because it was November. And I live in San Diego and like I know... I moved to San Diego in May of 97. And when it came time for Christmas, I I went home for Christmas. And I got in the airplane at like 6 in the morning wearing t-shirt and and shorts and like shit, yeah, it's gonna gonna go traveling. And I got out of the airplane <laughs> a few couple hours later. And it was like 33 degrees, and they lost my luggage, and so all I had was the shirt and shorts that I was wearing, and that's when I knew, that's right, you can't ever go somewhere else outside of San Diego and expect there to be reasonable weather, because the rest of y'all, you, you just got bullshit out there is what you got. So I knew that I had to... Be prepared for cold Pennsylvania weather. So I didn't even bring a single pair of shorts. And it was hot. It was... I'll just say it was hot. And I was walking around in pants and, uh, through the battlefields of Gettysburg in my pants. And I looked around and everyone else was wearing shorts. And I said, God damn you all. So I've learned, I've learned that potentially that there might be a lesson there, if I think about it. I've learned there might be a lesson. I did look ahead at the weather, and I did see that it was supposed to be 73 degrees or so, and I didn't know what that meant. So I didn't come prepared, and now I'm mad. And the whole time I'm walking around, 
in in my pants. I walked like four miles that day thinking this must have been exactly what it was like for the soldiers in Gettysburg covered from head to toe in wool July July 1st through July 3rd uh, in the summer uh, walking around carrying shit uh, for dozens of miles uh, here I am uh, in 73 degree weather in my pants and my shirt carrying a camera going yeah I'm I'm one with the the soldiers so it was pretty cool feeling you know the pretty much the exact same experience that they felt at the same place that they felt I felt uh, well a pride that can only be you know felt really understood by by the other soldiers and me so that was cool. Uh, let's see, but seriously, uh, looking over the field where Pickett's Charge. I, I, do you fuckers even know what Pickett's Charge means? Uh, I know I didn't right out of high school. Uh, I probably heard those two words put together, but I didn't know what it was. So I was standing over a field. They kind of left it more or less the way it was. They put a road in the middle of it, but... You could see they had the they had the brick wall. Uh, I guess you can call anything a brick wall or a, a rock wall. It was eight to eight to ten inches tall. I'll say uh, more like a a little pile of rocks. Um, it was enough for people to lay down behind and shoot over. And they, they talk about how some of the soldiers got over the brick wall. And I don't know, maybe there was a wooden fence there at one time, but, you know, get, getting over the wall wasn't the challenge, uh, other than the fact that there were a couple thousand guys with guns and cannons sitting at the wall, shooting you while you ran at it. But to sit there and see, there's a, a big field, or a couple fields, because there's fences in the middle, but just a big fat clearing. And on one side was a hill with a, a little rock wall and men with guns and cannons standing there. And a mile away was a orchard, a bunch of trees and more men standing there. And for that part of the war leading up to that, most of it was fought in the South. In fact, almost all of it was fought in the South. I guess just a couple skirmishes and Gettysburg were fought in the Northern States. Almost all of it was in the South. And most of it was the Army, the, the Union Army of the United States uh, lining up and getting massacred by the South. So all, all of the battles up until then were... Uh, scrappy rebels hiding behind walls and Union soldiers lining up to die by the hundreds and thousands with dignity and nobility. And so that took a toll on everyone. Everyone kind of thought, oh, well, the South's a bunch of badasses. Their general must be a super badass. And for whatever reason, they ended up going to the North and then they... They're like, well, if I'm in your territory, then we got to do this. You Now it's your turn. You hide behind walls. 
and my guys will line up in line and slowly walk through a mile wide clearing uh, into your cannons and eventually we'll get close enough that you can shoot us with your muskets and a few of us may make it over the wall and then you can just uh, uh, bayonet us to death. And that was pretty much pretty much what happened. So there's this field, and twelve thousand uh, rebels came out of the trees and charged the cannons. And less than an hour later, uh, more than six thousand of them uh, were dead or dying. And that was the last battle of Gettysburg. Uh, there's a couple. Well, I can't even call it skirmishes. It started as skirmishes, but there was a couple, you know, good solid days of of uh, people dying. A lot of people dying. So, uh, again, to stand there at that spot, uh, something something I, I appreciated a lot was uh, a book I saw there that said, what if the South had won at Gettysburg and... It was a picture of the moon landing, and they had put the Confederate flag, photoshopped that in over the the American flag on the moon, and it with Neil Armstrong, and it was pretty pretty clever. But yeah, to to see to see the spots, to stand in the spots, I went over to the the rebel side and stood there. Looking at you know at the trees, wondering what it was like to stand at at that spot and go, some asshole wants me to do what now? Come out of these trees and go walk towards those cannons slowly in a line with other people. Okay, shit. I guess it's our turn. We have been doing this to the other side for a few years now. I guess it's my turn to go out there and die. So I, I just it's fun. Maybe fun's the wrong word. I wanted to go to the little round top, but it's temporarily closed. I don't I don't think the word temporarily means what people think it means. Um as we as we head towards year number three of temporary uh COVID stuff, I think I think uh we need to find it. Do we need a new definition for temporary? Where, like, if we're talking like glaciers or, uh, you know, like the formation of mountains or erosion, like on the geological scale, I guess this is temporary. But uh, I'm not bitter. I mean, I did want to go see that spot and I couldn't, but fucking I'm not bitter. So that was cool. I got some pictures. Uh, call me. Call me on the phone. I'll share you. I'll show you my pictures. Uh, then I went. I did some work. It was good. Uh, I got a whoopee cushion. I tell you guys about my whoopee cushion. It's got a. It's got a sponge in it. Maybe I'll do it so the air doesn't blow on the mic. Yeah. It's got a sponge inside, so when you squeeze all the air out and then you release it, the sponge returns to its shape and it fills it back up with air. So, 
second auto reloading whoopee cushion it's the tits I listened to a bunch of Bill Burr today. That was entertaining. He's uh, again. He keeps taking all my all my stories. So then I got home I, uh, last Thursday. So I was out last Sunday to last Thursday. Last Thursday was uh, 17 hours of airplanes and airports, and I got home. And then Friday, I uh, found out about a family medical emergency and flew out to see my family. And I was out there Friday night through yesterday, which was Tuesday, because today is Wednesday. And I got to see um, Paris Amelia Catherine Carter. I got to see her perform with her a cappella group. And that's always fun. I guess that was the first time that happened with acapella. I've seen her perform before. But that was that was good. I usually am not impressed with acapella, but their group and all the other groups were great. There were some, some beatboxing. Um, that was fun. I met Ike, who's a beatboxer guy who... I walked up and he said, uh, he knows me by my, my working title as Dick Farter. Uh, he was impressed that he was seeing Dick Farter in, in the flesh. And so I'll give a shout out to Ike, who, who's on the thing with the stuff. So hey, hey Ike. I bet you're the kind of guy that would fuck a person in the ass and not even have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. I'll be watching you. I don't need to be a longer quote so I could finish my, my bio food. I didn't bring anything to drink in here either. Fuck. All right. So, should I do the breaking news? Uh, breaking news time. Breaking news. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Darrell Brooks. I know I called him Daryl because his name's spelled like Daryl. But it's Darrell. I remember Jesse Smollett. You remember that guy who, who pretended that he was beaten by Trump supporters in the middle of Chicago at 2 in the morning in the middle of a blizzard? to get album sales oh I got a ding on, on the thing on the dinger Chris Chris Rock called him uh, Jesse he uh, instead of Jesse because uh, I think he said something like you know after you pull shit like that you lose the respect you're not Jesse you're Jesse so I, I want to say the same thing. Uh, Darrell Brooks has lost the respect. He's not Darrell anymore. He's, he's Daryl. Let's see. Is that Bob Newhart? The, hey, I'm... I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Let me get that. I gotta, I gotta work on that. 
Larry, Daryl, and Daryl Newhart. Yeah, oh, this is going to be great. Let me stop the news. Hey, I'm Larry. It's my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. I vaguely remember this from a kid, and I don't know that there's anything funny about this. It's just a memory I have. People are laughing. Let me explain this. There's three people. It's a... Looks like a hotel. And three men just came in through the door. And that's what's what people are laughing at. One of them has a hat on. Hey, like a, a beanie. Yeah, let, me, let me back it up. Start it over. Dick, the gentlemen are here. <laughs> Hurry, okay? I hope this gets to I'm Larry. Oh and this is my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Hi, I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. That's my other brother Daryl. <laughs> I guess you had to be there. I wasn't there. I don't, I, I don't ever, I was never in on the joke. I just remembered it because someone sure thought it was goddamn funny. So I'll, I'll work on uh, trying to make Daryl Brooks funny. Make Daryl Brooks funny again. <sighs> Oops. What's happening? All I did was... Perhaps there are intersecting mental health... All I did was hit the tab button and it started playing. Shiza. Shiza! It's amateur hour. So, he, Daryl Brooks, was found guilty of killing six people and hitting 61 people. Other people. Or 63 people. I know it was almost 70 people that he hit. And uh, today was sentencing. And there, well, yesterday and today. Yesterday, the victims got to talk. And there's one lady who talked. She was the mother of, uh, I believe her daughter got hit. And she got hit, but she was mainly cared about her daughter. She only got hit enough to... Uh, she didn't get, like, sent to the hospital. And so there's some testimony from her, and I think Sometimes everyone... Mr. Brooks, oh, wow. all, I got, all I have to do is hit on a tab. I just have to open a tab, and uh, YouTube decides that I want that to play the video. That sounds like, sounds like bullshit. All right, so this is... Okay, sorry. I'm nervous. Let me... Pause it, because I did click on the tab, which YouTube interpreted as play the video. <sighs> so this is the mom. She is talking about the, uh, the incident. Daryl is sitting at his desk being a twat, uh, either rolling his eyes or... Uh, 
shaking his hands in a oh, this is some bullshit kind of a, a gesture. Uh, so I'll just play it for a little bit, and you can hear the mom. I forgot that I'm in the hallway. Um, this is our daughter, Olivia. She is the baby of our family. Um, that photo was taken on November 21st, 2021. At that time, she was an innocent eight-year-old who was excited to get to perform in the, the parade with her best friend and her teammates. And it was something she looked forward to every year. Darrell is writing, sorry, Daryl is writing notes now. I guess he's got a lot of notes to write because, uh, I don't know. It's not like he's going to say anything. Well, he gets to, he gets to make his statement, but like, I guess he does talk some shit about this lady in his statement. So maybe he does have some notes. Uh, cause that's the kind of guy he is. Like when you get in front of a judge and you've been convicted of murder, mass murder, and you get to plead for leniency. You know, I guess one of the things you want to do is talk shit about the mom whose kid you put into a coma. That's good. That's going to get your sympathy. But he's so he's writing his notes right now. Here, um, my mother-in-law and myself and I also um, join her every year and hand out candy. And it's something that's become... Um, I guess a tradition that um, was taken away from us by by Daryl Brooks because of his selfless <clears throat> just a, a ability to to have. Please don't do that. It's so disrespectful. I've watched. All Sorry, he, he he fucked around a little too much for her, uh, and now she. Uh, says what however many millions of people were watching this were wanting to say to him. All day on TV, and I've watched you mock all of the victims all day. You roll your eyes and you make faces. If this was your eight-year-old daughter that someone else hit, you would have been beside yourself if someone made those faces. And you want people to have forgiveness for you and your child? You're insane. I hope that that the judge puts the most amount of, of years on your sentence, and I hope that you live in hell for the rest of your life for what you have done to all of these victims. Do you realize after you hit me and my mother-in-law, I spent five minutes walking around looking for my daughter on the ground. I was looking for her through little girls that were keeled up in little fetal positions because you had ran them over. You hit them with 3,300 pounds. And you don't care. Right before you hit me, I turned around and I looked at you. I didn't see your car. I saw the look in your eye. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly what you wanted to do. And that was because you are a narcissistic piece of shit that thinks you can get away with everything. And you are not going to ever get away with anything ever again. You did what you wanted to do, which was instill fear and horror in all of these children that are involved. You're a child killer. A woman killer. 
I cannot wait until somebody inflicts that harm on you. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm done. That's Olivia, and the next one is my daughter in the hospital room where I sat next to her for five days where she didn't move. My daughter who was in the ICU for five days and, 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 and children's for an additional nine more in the critical care unit because of her brain injuries that you caused to her that she still deals with daily. I was late because I couldn't leave her because she didn't want me to leave because of her separation anxiety that you caused. You should not be allowed to be a father to your children. I'm so glad that you are being kept from them. The shit you would teach them would make them as, as evil and miserable as a person that you are. So I know I got heavy. Now, and it, it's, I can't just, uh, I can't just flippantly talk shit about him. And I won't, I, I intend to not talk about Daryl after this. Um, this is a good case study in evil. And this will be the last I talk about him, but I can't not, I can't not go emotionally deep. Uh, and just act flippant. So that was, I'm not going to play something like that again, but that's, yeah. And, and he sat there, uh, kind of bobbing his head back and forth. Like if someone was yelling at him for jaywalking or something, he's like, God, what talk about blowing things out of proportion. Jesus. So I wanted to play that. The there's there's two more clips I want to play. That was from yesterday. Yesterday was for the victims. This clip here I'm about to play. He was So he got to talk. So his his mom and aunt came out and talked about mental illness. Uh, basically, that was the defense, is that he should have gotten help and treatment, not laughed at, not uh, run through the criminal justice system. And I'd love it if there was a good talk about mental illness in the country, but the, the truth of the matter is, if you have mental problems... Even if mental health care was free, if you're a violent psychopath and they said, uh, why don't you come here and stay at the hospital? We'll keep you, we'll keep you safe. We'll do the best that we can. We'll give you medicine and you can choose to take it and it will be the best life that you can live uh, won't you please come in here? Uh, is anyone going to say yes to that? That's, you know, like it's the same thing, you know, with drug addicts. 
It's like you can live under the bridge shooting heroin or you can go live somewhere where they will help you recover, but you, they, you don't get to use heroin there. You know, people go, oh, well, homelessness is just a, a problem with there not being enough homes. You know, that's that's not an accurate uh, understanding of how people with mental illness prioritize what's going on. And so the idea that Daryl here... Uh, had he been offered free mental health care, free therapy for his anger issues, uh, that he would have said yes to that, that he would have attended to his deficiencies and this wouldn't have happened. Uh, that feels like a, a big crock of shit. So, um, I do welcome the, the conversation on healthcare, mental healthcare. I know, you know, a hundred years ago people were being committed. Uh, I don't want to casually commit people, uh, but I feel like we're at this point now where if you're going to get mental treatment, you have to volunteer for it until you hurt enough people that the government will force you off the streets and to get treatment. And that's a conversation we have to have. And you young people, you have to, you have to, to think about that. You have to look back at, you know, all the, all the movies there are about, you know, a hundred years ago, people being committed you know, there's a lot of movies about normal people being committed and making it sound like they just commit you all the time and that being committed was uh, a needless burden because normal people were committed and that's all a bunch of bullshit. And sure, if that ever happened, and I'm sure it happened, that was bullshit. But the pendulum has swung so far to the, the idea that mental care is voluntary and... There's a lot, of, until you commit a heinous crime. And remember, this guy was out on bail. He, he shot at his, he, he got in a fight or an argument with his nephew. And his nephew and his friend were driving away and he shot at their car. And then he was arrested. And then he beat up his girlfriend and drove over her with the car. And then he was arrested and you know, let on let out on bail for all of these things, and then he did this. So he there's this, and, and then he then he did this running through the parade, and then they were still going to let him out on bail. It was just it was going to be a high. It was too high for the money that his mom could get him, and I'm surprised no one came forward to bail this poor guy out. Uh, but they did offer him bail. After he drove through the parade, they're like, well, if you come up with this much money, we'll let you out of jail because uh, you haven't yet demonstrated that you are 
so dangerous that we can't let you out of jail. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking shit about that probably for the rest of my life. How he, uh, you know, he was arrested for strangling strangulation. You know, he's just a real. You know, shooting at his nephew, beating up, strangling, driving over women. You know, he's been doing this for 20 years. And, uh, you know, just uh, like, well, we've got to let you out because uh, it's just not fair to declare you unfit for society. So that's my long rant about mental health as long as getting treatment either for I, I they do treat drug addiction as mental illness at least they classify it as such and I think that's fine and that's fair because it's obviously not just uh, uh, a bad choice that people make there's obviously something wrong with your brain that makes you throw everything you love away for that. Uh, but yeah, to, to the extent people aren't right in the heads, but the government's not allowed to force them out of society unless they kill some people. Uh, that's going to have to be revisited. I know it's not most of the people. I know it's not most of the people with mental challenges. Uh, but there's certainly some of them. And there's certainly every opportunity to get this asshole off the street in the last 20 years. But that's that. That's the point, I, I, as I get to here, is the... Is, his family just, you know, not no one saying they're sorry. They wish he hadn't done it. It was a, the system let our son down and we got to have some legislators who treat mental illness seriously. So it's kind of a fuck you uh, from, from the mom. And so it makes us easier on us watching Knowing she's out there somewhere, knowing her son's going to jail, that uh, he was sentenced. Uh, yeah, the fact that she couldn't uh, act like a normal fucking person would in that situation and not make it about uh, her son being a victim. Fuck. So, um, I'm going to play another clip. This clip is... So his his family spoke for a while, then they let him speak, and he talked for two hours and six minutes about all of the bad things that happened in his life. Um, talked about uh, some of the parents. He talked about the mom who from the clip that I, I did, but he, you know, because that, that, that gets him. You can, he doesn't seem to be bothered by much, but if you, if you disrespect him, 
that he just he he can't handle that. So, but but he he assured everyone that he was above calling names. He talked about the prosecutor. He let everyone know that he was above calling her names, that he was going to take the high road. Uh, but then, you know, said she didn't, she, she said, you're not, he said, you're not that bright. And uh, basically called into question her motives and her strategies and everything uh, all throughout while he was saying that. He's like, but I'm not going to call you names or, you know, I'm going to take the high road, but you're not that bright. But I'm going to take the high road because I'm a good person. Uh, so he basically went through that. Um, I don't think he talked about the judge, but he, he basically talked for two hours and six minutes. The judge eventually asked him what his sentence should be. Uh, he talked about how he just wanted help. He just, he wanted to be happy again. And because he wasn't getting any help with his mental stuff, um, he just, you know, for his children, he wanted to show them that they could overcome hard moments in life, such as the hard moment in life he's going through now. And so, uh, the judge, I don't think she made him stop, but she kept bringing him back to talk about, talk about the sentence. And then he would complain about how the judge was not treating him fairly. And then she'd say, well, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear what you think I should do for sentencing and basically boxed him in the corner. And then it was over. Then it was her turn to talk. And holy shit, she fucking shit all over him. I was shocked. Uh, she got about a half hour in, and then he started. He started in with uh, like that's not happened. That didn't happen. You're lying. You're lying. Why are you going on the record lying, lying? Uh, and so she kicked him out of the courtroom because. Uh. Pretty much for the trial, once he finished his last sentence, he didn't need to say one more syllable. You know, his time to talk was over, and she's like, I am going to give my ruling, and I'm going to tell you why I'm applying the sentence, so I'm going to walk you through my thought process, and then I'm going to tell you the sentence, and there's no point for him to object, there's no point for him to ask any questions, he doesn't need to understand anything. He just can be there if he wants to be there. <laughs> and so he starts fighting with her because yeah, he had had enough of someone repeating or saying bad things about him. And so she kicked him out of the courtroom. And then he sat over in the other courtroom holding up... Uh, a sign that says I object, which she ignored, and it basically got to the point of the trial, or sorry, of her remarks where she was going to uh, give specific details about why she chose the sentence and read the sentence out. And so she brings him in, and so this is the last exchange she has. It's five minutes and 48 seconds long. And to set it up, he he's going to be saying that he asked three times to be brought back in the courtroom. And she said, I want you to make a pledge 
that you will be quiet and let me give my speech. And he kept writing notes and bringing them in. Can I bring, can I please be back in the courtroom? And she, she said, this isn't a pledge that he will behave himself. I'm not letting him back in. And before this point, she let him in every time without that pledge because there was always a purpose for him to be there. And it was always better for him if he was in the courtroom because he was encouraged to be able to participate if he could do it respectfully. But at this point, it was over. He had no, no business saying one more word. It was just, if you can be in this room, if you want, and if not, I don't give a fuck. And she didn't say any of this, but it was clear that's, that's what it was. And so he says he asked three times to be brought back. And she wasn't brought back, and then she brings him back because she she had her, her speech broken into three parts, and she gave the three parts. The first one, the first part was about his metal, mental capacity, and basically disproving all of what they were saying about him having mental problems. They're like, he was examined by four people, and they all said he had no mental problems. Sure, he's like, he's got personality disorder issues he's a motherfucker but you know being a motherfucker doesn't mean uh that you are too crazy to pay for massacring people so <coughs> i should have brought water in i got this bottle of rubbing alcohol i can drink that 50 percent isopropyl oh <sighs> should clear my head so the first uh, first first uh, third of her speech was about his mental state his I wouldn't say intelligence but his abil ability to parlay in acceptably sophisticated ways that he's not low IQ the second part of her statement was recounting the impact statements from the family members and friends and uh, her acknowledging their their stories from yesterday and then the third part's going to be specifically the law and that's what's going in so she's transitioning to that like what is what's the law what did i consider uh and none of this i'm going to actually play i'm just letting you know it's a transition into that and she wanted him in the courtroom if he would behave for the the final remarks that she has before sentencing and all he has to do is stop talking uh there's nothing for him to ask there's nothing for her to explain She's like, I want you to sit down. <clears throat> I want you to be in this room if you can handle it. And that's how the video kind of starts is he's mad because he got kicked out and now he's back in the room and he's mad that he got kicked out and wasn't let until now. And so I'm just going to play it. You guys, you guys get where his headspace is. And here we go. Mr. Brooks. The only way I will honor that request is if you specifically uh, waive your right to do so. With Sorry, I'll, I'll fill that in. He's asking to be sent back to the other room. 
Now, he's going to contradict that in the next few seconds, but for now he's saying, can you send me back to that other room? And she says, the only reason, the only reason, well, if you say I, I forfeit, I give up my right to be in this room. Like, he's got to say those words. You, you can't just like, I'd rather sit over there. You have to announce, I want to forfeit my rights to be here. <coughs> so that's what she said. I'll back it up a bit. But that's that's specifically what's being talked about now, as he just asked before this clip began to be sent back. Mr. Brooks, the only way I will honor that request is if you specifically uh, waive your right to do so. Without that, um, that's not a convenience for you over there. It's You go over there when you frankly demand removal under Illinois versus Allen. You demand anything. No, your conduct did. So you can conduct sit. conduct didn't demand anything either. Right, Mr. Brooks, please sit changing, down. You keep changing. And I'm going the to continue with my sentencing remarks. You keep changing the jurisdiction. The jurisdiction, it's a subject matter jurisdiction that has yet to be proven on the record. In Mr. That Brooks, court and in this one. Please sit down. I would like to go back to the other court. It's not a courtesy to you. If you'd like to specifically waive your right to be physically present, then I will entertain that. Otherwise, never, you need to sit down. I never waived to, I never waived the right to not be present. That's because you to, forfeited your right I to be present by conduct. You're now wrote, back in this courtroom. Your Honor, I wrote three. I did what you asked me to do. You, you said, never once pledged to me, sir, that no. you would not interrupt. Yeah, so he's saying that, hey, I wrote down on the paper, please let me back in the courtroom, and that he did that three times. But she was very clear, like, you need a I need a pledge that you'll sit down and shut up, or whatever word she said. She's very good at not saying what I would say at... at being respectful because she wants him to not be able to sue on appeal and be able to demonstrate that he was given an unfair, harsh time. So that's what and he's demonstrating by being here that you continue to interrupt. That's what he's jawing on about. I ain't trying to hear all that because at the oh, end sorry, of the day, that's, I did what sorry. asked me to He just gave the I ain't here, I ain't here about all of that argument, the classic. I ain't trying to hear all that. Because here we go. Not interrupting you. Asked me to do. You, you said, never once pledged to me, sir, that no, you would not interrupt. And you, you're demonstrating by being here that you continue to interrupt. Man, I ain't trying to hear all that because at the end of the day, I did what you asked me to do. You told me, you told the bailiff to tell Mr. me. Mr. Brooks, this is not a debate. You told the bailiff to tell it's me. It's not that a debate. I had to you write. asked to come over here and I honored that. Well, I, and I exercised you back. my right three times. I shouldn't have had to do it three times. None of those opportunities that you wrote to me said, I pledge to not interrupt. I've never had to do that before. You've never, you've never required that before. That is actually not true, sir. You've never required that before. Every single time that I've been brought over there. Remember, all, all he has to do is sit down and shut up. That's, that, that's it. These are the last few minutes of the trial. And... Again, these are the last moments of him speaking. I intend to never hear another word out of his mouth. But I just think it's good to hear how he went out. After some time, <laughs> sometimes very short, 
Sometimes an extended Brooks, period of time. You are just simply trying to delay the inevitable. I'm, I'm, Please sit I down. I don't care about the inevitable. I, it was I already written from day one what was going to happen. It doesn't make me lose any sleep about that. I know I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with everything. Then please I just sit down. Be, I just want to be treated fairly, which please, I have not been. Please sit down. And then you, Your Honor, and then you Mr. always make it seem this is like not a you debate. always make it seem like it's some type of aim, and it's not. Please sit down. We're talking about constitutional rights. I, I should talk about. He's got a he's got a mask on. He's all by himself at a table. No one's like within ten feet of him, and he's got a a COVID mask on. And while, as he's frothing at the mouth, his mask is sliding down, and now you can see his face. It's hanging off down off his chin. Fucker. You just told me, or you told the bailiff to tell me that I had to write to exercise a right that I should already have. I did that. Not once, not twice, three times. And it still wasn't honored. And then I, I raised this sign... I'm, I'm Brooks, waving this for like 20 minutes saying I would, want, I would want to come back. I'm doing this. You're hey, here now. Can I come back? Can I come back? Can so I come sit back? down. It was an honor. And then I, had, so I, I said, can okay, finish. I'll write this and I'll see if your honor can see it on the screen. The objection sign saying Mr. I've exercised my right if to you be present. Remember, he wanted to be back in and now he's back in. All he has to do is sit down and shut up. For May a I minute, have the order of the court? I'll explain it, but you have to stop I'm, so I'm I can explain my, it. Your Honor, you've never, I did what you asked me to do. Actually not. Yes. Let me explain the, and if, if I you did, would like. If I didn't, Your Honor, if I did not do what you asked me to do, then why did I? Why was I allowed to come back if I did not do what you asked me because to do? Because I'm frankly going to a very distinct portion of this hearing where I am going to impose sentence. Okay, that doesn't answer that the question, though, matters. That doesn't answer the question. Please sit. Yes. So he asked the question. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's like, you you never asked me to do this before. Yeah, I did. Okay, well, then how come I'm here? Why, why'd you let me back in if I didn't do the thing? And then she says, why? And he's like, well, that doesn't answer. I, I, fuck her down when, and I will explain and remain Honor, quiet with without due, interrupting me with all due respect that doesn't mean you're respecting me you, so please you, sit down with all due respect you told the bailiff when I when I first said because every time that I've been brought over there in the past Mr. Brooks, you always stated, I don't you, need a history you always lesson stated of what I've done that when I exercise my right to be present untrue. you untrue. always said untrue. we have the record we have the record we can dig into the record, Mr. Brooks. I, I know what you. I know what the requirement was of me going in, uh, going over there. You've always stated on the record that when I exercise my right to be present, you will bring me back if I'm if uh, I will follow the rules of decorum. That's it, your exact words, which you said every time. Which you're I've demonstrating never, right now had, that you have absolutely your Honor, your no Honor, ability to do. With all due respect, I've never had to go through any type of certain words that needed to be needed to be said or stressed or anything like that before i've always done it the way that you asked me to do it no different than today when i told the bailiff see that's the thing is he's doing this in front of all the families and this time it's special because 
they they know he's about to get kicked out because she only let him in to see if he could be in the room and that he's going to be sent back. Like, I watched this live, and I knew... I knew within 10 seconds that he was going to be back out. It's just a matter of how long she let him go. Because, again, he doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need to say anything. He doesn't get to say anything. And the families are there, and they're watching this. And they know that the verdict's coming. And it's funny because he's like, oh, the... The vote's been in on since, you know, day one, you know, I was never going to, you know, I was always going to go to jail for the rest of my life. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's because there's a shit ton of evidence, but he's making it seem like it's because people don't like him because they don't like him. And then just decided to make up all these fake charges to send him to jail because they don't like him. And it's not that, you know, not that they don't like him because, you, you know slaughtered a bunch of people but anyway so everyone knows that his this this is the last we're going to hear from him and it's coming down to the wire and then it's going to be all over soon so this is a very different outburst uh it was it's the exact same way he's handled the whole trial but this time it's different because Again, the judge just spent the previous hour shitting, shitting on this man. She she was crying at a part of it. Uh, it's clear that uh, some shit's coming into his life. I would like to be present. You told the bailiff if he wants to be present, he has to put it in writing. And pledge to it, me that he will in, not interrupt me. I put it in writing. Without a pledge. So so why am I here? As a prosecutor, he's saying, please just move on. Like, everyone's like, <sighs> I mean, mumbling. Fuck. I get it, because they're so close. They're so close. <sighs> but yeah. Because I'm going to move on to another phase of this hearing, and I thought it important that you be here in person. So, so I was here. But you didn't reclaim your right to be back here. Then why am I, I here, am then, Your Honor? I am allowing it to okay. happen. Okay, and, and, I, and, I, and I respect that you're allowing it, but still, it, it doesn't answer my the teeth. question, though, Your Honor. While he talks. It does not answer the question. Mr. Brooks. As a, Your Honor, as a public servant. I have the right to ask questions. <laughs> That's the one. Your Honor. That's over. I'm going to ask you one more Once time. You start and if that. you refuse to sit down, then you are in direct disobedience. Once you start that, I get to say whatever I want because you're a public servant. Oh. 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 Obedience of a court order. Sit that down and be quiet so I can make the appropriate can you, record. Can you tell me what the, um, the court right. order He's is? He's not going to obey. He's now forfeited his right to be present. He will go into the other courtroom. I didn't say I wasn't going to obey. He'll be in recess until the he's there. I just asked what is the order. I didn't, I didn't say. And there you go. And he's gone. Not going to hear anymore. That was the... 
the the pearls of wisdom that he's left with the world. He asked to be brought into the room. I'm going to summarize real quick. He asked to be brought back into this courtroom. Once he was back in the courtroom, he asked to be sent out of the courtroom. Then she said, you have to ask to give up your right to be here, to which she said, I never gave up my right before, and in fact, you didn't bring me in as soon as I wanted to. You should have brought me in sooner. Uh, and, but I did everything you needed to, otherwise you wouldn't have let me back in. Uh, you're a public servant, and I'm the public, therefore... If I'm not getting what I want, you're not holding your oath of office. So that's it. That's the last five minutes and 48 seconds of brilliance out of this person. He throws, she throws him into the other room. He sits over there waving a sign for a while that says objection. Uh, oh, no, wait, that's right. That's the first half because they leave him in shackles. <laughs> He's just, for the rest of it, he's just standing there in shackles, which is great. And then, let's see, there's one more clip where I'm going to do some of when, when she transitions. So she goes through the law and why she made the decisions that she made and kind of abruptly gives the sentence. And, and, and I'll admit, like, I was listening to this. And I was doing some work. And after she gave the sentence, um, I almost started bawling. It was just the weirdest thing. I was not expecting that reaction. So we'll see how I handle it this time. Health issues as it relates to your personality disorder. But those issues can best be addressed in a confined setting where the Department of Corrections will be charged statutorily. Oh, yeah, that's that's from him saying that he he just wants to be treated. And she's saying, uh, yeah, who you're going to get treated uh, when you're locked up, asshole. Let me try to jump ahead a bit and see. Act statements. I certainly didn't go through every single one, just highlighting some of them. Jump, jump, jump. Future memories, they will never have an 8-year-old or an innocent 79-year-old. Okay, I'm going to let it play Frankly, from here. Frankly, Mr. Brooks, no one is safe from you. This community can only be safe if you are behind bars for the rest of your life. The actions of Daryl Brooks demand punishment. The community is not safe from your violent and criminal conduct unless you are in custody. You left a path of destruction, chaos, death, injury, confusion, and panic as you drove seven or so blocks through the Christmas parade, never once stopping or seemingly caring about the wake of carnage that you left. Four of those blocks were turned into a scene that, frankly, is no different than a war zone. Okay, that's it. Now sentencing. I'm going to remember that forever. On counts one through six, 
This court is imposing a life sentence without the possibility or eligibility for extended supervision consecutive to one another. One life sentence for Virginia Sorensen. One life sentence for Leanna Owen. One life sentence for Tamara Durand. One life sentence for Jane Kulik. One life sentence for Bill Hospel. And one life sentence for Jackson Sparks. I've considered the enhancer and the additional five years. So I'll stop at Jackson Sparks was the the young boy that was killed as six people. I didn't uh, I didn't almost start balling that time, but uh, I think I just it was a a, a relief because I've been you know so like I was pissed off when I found out that. There's a mandatory sentence of uh, life in prison without parole. But then I found out that there's uh, extended release or extended supervision, which is basically parole. So, and she goes on to say that she could have sentenced him to life in jail uh, with eligibility for parole after 20 years. Uh, they call it something else because she's not allowed to give them parole, so they just invented parole under a different name. And so the fact that he's got, let's see, all the charges, and she goes into it, and I leave out the math, but uh, so six life sentences uh, consecutive, um, meaning they don't happen at the same time, and, and uh, it's one after another. So once he dies, that's the first life sentence. And then he's got five more to go. And then for the 61 counts of reckless endangerment, uh, 17 and a half years each for a total of 760-something years in prison with 302 or so years of extended supervision. So he's sentenced to six life sentences with no chance of getting out of jail plus a thousand years of incarceration and uh, parole. So um, I'll say um, my ability to be not be emotional on this all changed, uh, I'd say, when I became a father. There's this movie called uh, Man on Fire that I know when it came out because I was not a father when I saw it in the theaters. It's about a, about a guy who's hired as a bodyguard to protect a young girl. And she gets uh, kidnapped and killed. And the rest of the movie is uh, him finding out who did 
who was involved in killing his way up the organization. And I saw that... I saw that before uh, Paris Emilian Catherine Carter was born. And I'm like, this is badass. This is badass. What a fucking badass movie. And then I saw it... Uh, when it came out on uh, DVD, you go down to Blockbuster and you rent it. Um, Paris had been born. And I think I cried through almost the whole thing because it, uh, it hit hard. <laughs> so there's something that happens uh, when you come become a parent where... You get a very low tolerance for motherfuckers killing kids. And a very low tolerance for parents holding their kids while they die. Uh, fuck. I fucking... This guy's gonna live alone in jail. They're going to have to keep them away from everyone else because uh, they're going to they wanna, they're gonna want to kill him. He's a child murderer. He's an old woman murderer. He, he beats women. Uh, when he doesn't get what he wants, he acts like you're a stupid asshole for not giving him everything that he wants. Uh, he's not going to... He's not going to last 24 hours in general population, so he'll never go to general population. He's going to be alone in a cell 23 hours of the day for the rest of his life. He's not going to meet a person who likes him. No one's going to look him in the eye uh, with respect. He will be kept alive. People will do a reasonable job of trying to keep them alive until natural causes take them. And if they do what they did with Jeffrey Dahmer, which is to let him anywhere near someone else, he will uh, not likely survive. And so that's it. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail hiding, hiding from everyone who wants to beat him to death and that's it so uh like i said it's it's over he's going he, he had to go back to milwaukee because you know all the all the cases he was on parole for those are moving forward but you know he's already gonna be in jail for the next thousand years anyway so i'm not going to pay any attention to that i'm not going to uh, listen to if I if I can at all control it, anything further that he says. If he if he confesses or gives some details, then sure I I would, I'd be interested to learn that. But uh, as far as him being a manipulative, woe is me, I'm the victim here. Uh. You know, it was it was fun being aggravated by him, but uh, out of respect for 
the lives he's she's changed. I am uh, I kind of done watching him. I'm done studying him. I have watched so many hours of this trial. I really want to understand how people like him work. Because there are, you know, there's lots of people like him out there just, you know, not taking things as far as he is. But, you know, people who have his general disposition of uh, I should get everything I want. And if I don't get something I want, it's because you are treating me unfairly or you're stupid. Uh, it's good to understand some people are like that because you don't want to be walked on. So that's it. That's, uh, that's my depressing as, uh, as fuck ending. Um, I guess I'll say I'll accept for value in return for value. Can I get a clip of him saying that? I accept for value and return for value. Oh, and return for value. Oh man. I accept for value and return for value. I thought it was in. Boy, I'd have embarrassed shit out of myself. Let's see. Accept for value and return for value. Let's see if anyone... Uh... No. Oh, yeah, his third... He's a third-party intervener. He's not the guy on, on trial. He's the third-party intervener. Court will call State of Wisconsin versus Daryl E. Brooks, case number 21, CF 1848. May I have the appearances, please? Yes, good morning, Judge. Sue Arthur, Leslie Basie, and Zach Wichow appearing for the State of Wisconsin. Good morning, sir. Please state your name for the record. I'm here as a third-party intervener in that matter, appearing as authorized representative for my client. I accept for value and return for value all of the charging instruments in this matter and make my exemption available for discharge of all obligations and charges connected with this case. I do not dispute any of the facts in these charging instruments and I do not consent to or agree to being called their name. There you go. So somehow he was not immediately let out of go, let out of jail uh, and have with all charges dismissed. Somehow he has found himself imprisoned uh, till the year 3035. Uh, I, I think that's it. I think I'll close these, close these tabs. That's good. I'll give some serious thought to whether or not I'll call the podcast I accept for value and return for value because uh, he didn't invent that that's a um, I'm sure something that the sovereign citizens say so I'm certainly not done making fun of sovereign citizens have we talked about that at all the people who who there's always a reason why the rules don't apply to them I'll talk about that later. All right, well, I'm going to go cry myself up a drink. Thanks for fucking moping around with me. You guys are the best. <laughs>